All right, let me just get this out of the way. I, I'm recording from uh, Montecatini in Italy right now, in a little shabby wow. hotel room. Um, so the Wi-Fi. If it I'm comes in Rome. In, I, I'm in Rome, bro. I'm in Rome. So. Yeah, I I was gonna mention that. Yeah, you moved there about 2002, if that's correct, right? Well, I I kind of been living here on a regular basis uh, since 2000, like around 10 years ago. Okay, okay, and. How does how does it compare to the states living here? I mean, because I'm just visiting, you know. Well, you know, I mean, it's a what part of the states? New York, Louisiana, Alaska. You know? Well, well, you're a New York guy, so you know, tell, tell me yeah, about I'm, that. Um, you know, it's a whole different vibe, man. You know, it's like a you know, life is first and business is second. You know. Yeah, yeah, I can you understand know, it's more of a. Um, you know, I mean, the quality, the just the quality of the life, man. You know. Yeah, I'm doing a lot more uh, walking here. If that makes any sense. We've been doing our business, but it's like definitely not. You know, you step out of the rat race. Yeah. Um. You know, you're so busy making movies all the time. I mean, you got a movie a year for the last four years. What's that like? I mean, it's it's what we do, so it doesn't seem like it's anything. Um, we're not overtaxed, you know. It's just, I guess, we're just lucky with projects we haven't put them together, especially during the pandemic. We're pretty lucky with that, you know. Yeah, so that, um, was, that was definitely a um, challenge, you know. I mean, yeah, yeah, I, I could imagine. I mean. I mean, we we could be honest. You you get asked so many similar questions on these sort of press circuit interviews. I don't want to ask the same stuff over and over again. Yeah, ask whatever so you want, man. Ask what you really want to know the answer to, and I'll see if I can. Well, this is this is something. Uh, this is something I'm genuinely curious about too. Like, is there something you wish people were more curious about in regards to your own work? You know, not so much the because uh, I know you've been asked this a million times. Like your obsession with like the end of stuff, you know, I think that's like a trajectory your films have kind of followed uh, for a while now. Yeah. This fascination with what? the end. The end of uh, what we're talking about 444. Uh, yeah. 444. Well I, well, I think there's the fascination in my opinion, in, in your work about like the end of either existence, uh, a singular existence, like an individual, or uh, an, the end of an era, you know, like a Padre Pio kind of is about the end of an era leading into uh, what will eventually become World War II? Yeah, it's actually the beginning of World War II. I mean, that that, that battle in that street, that that massacre really triggered the, 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 the birth of the fascist party. Yeah, but yeah. First, that was the first free election. So that kind of triggered the... Um, you know the right, the right, and the paranoia of what happened in 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 Russia. You know, I mean, the revolution there just happened, and um, you know the guys. You know, you start preaching communism two years after the Russian Revolution, you're gonna get a, you're gonna get a reaction. Yeah, was this um, like the parallels between the the era of this film, which you know happened in real life, obviously. Uh, you know, they have very similar parallels to like what's kind of happening back in the States. You know, I think of like the 2020 election, like you have Paul political characters in this film who also existed uh, straight up say that the mayoral election was like they called it a fraud, you know, and you got like 
Yeah, I mean, you know, elections are great till you lose, and then it becomes, you know, you know, but what level are you going to take it to? You dig what I'm saying? In other words, uh, you know, Gore got, did he get ripped? You know, did she, you know, did they rip him? You know, uh, two party, two people. Well, there's a baseball game, you, you, you know, everybody's after the umpire. Right now, what level are you going to take it to? You're going to accept it because that's the nature of the beast. You know, you got 50 states, a whole crazy situation. Everybody voting the same night, whether you're using computers or you're hand counting it in 1963. I mean, whatever. The point is, you're going to accept the outcome and you're going to accept that's what democracy is about. Well, you know, you can unleash the dogs, man, you know, which happened there and what happened in, in Washington, in, uh, you know, January 6th. Yeah. When uh, when you were developing this film, because you made the documentary about the Padre initially, um, but like was was any of that like, did you ever realize that yourself as you were starting to make the film? Like, oh, shit, like sort of these cycles continue or is it just like. Well, it didn't happen. You you know, December, uh, January 6th didn't happen yet. You know what I'm saying? But, um, you know, I mean, the politics never change. You dig? The politics never change. Mm -hmm. And so they're on either side. First of all, the question of the election, you know, the military guys on the right are like, whose fucking idea is this, you know? You know, I'm I'm in Austria fighting for the country, and I come home and so and, and you know whose idea was this to have an election? Give these people a right to vote. Number one, he's totally far right. On the extreme left, they're the same way. You know, when they tell them we got to get votes, they're like, "Hey, you think Trotsky's worried about elections? You understand? You think Putin is worried about votes? I don't think so. You know what I mean? Yeah. You know, so it's like." I mean, the guy gave him the great answer in the film. It's like, you fought for it, appreciate it. So you're going to appreciate the election. You're going to believe in the election. You're going to believe in a a democratic, you know, system. Or you're not, you know. Yeah, I mean, uh, speaking of the power of belief, I I believe you were, you grew up Catholic, right? You grew up more, yeah, yeah. Uh, Same here. And I am no longer Catholic. Um, I think what most people <laughs> uh, right what now I'm uh, I'm agnostic. I'm I'm uh, I'm curious about religions, but I'm I'm not particularly religious, if that makes sense. When did you give up your faith? Uh, funny enough, I was trying to lean <laughs> away from from political discussions uh, just to in lighten the mood. Like 20, <laughs> sixth grade, twenty sixteen, twenty sixteen. Is that when you you gave up your faith? Yeah, I think officially that's when I was like, that's I'm I'm good. It it wasn't just like the, you know, the Trump and all that. It was it was a a gaggle of things that built up over time. And I just realized I don't believe in any of it anymore. I believe there's yeah, like well, good Trump words. Trump is not a religious guy. I mean, he's he's on your side, right? You don't believe in anything. Well, <laughs> I believe in uh in people and art, I think. If I had to I never I never really put it out into the world like that, but I think that's Kind so of did, did, did you feel better now that you you've you've accepted your anastasia? <laughs> uh, you... 
I think I do, honestly. You know, I, I've not talked about it too much lately, but I, I think I do. I'm not, um, you know, I'm not overwhelmed with a sense of uh, guilt, I guess. Right. Yeah. Um, but on a, on a much lighter topic, uh, I'm a big fan of your work. So this is like a Thank huge you. opportunity for me. Um, you. And, you know, you've got your bad lieutenants, King of New York, that have had lots of play in like film cult circles and such like that, right? Um, but I wanted to ask you if you'd heard about like the recent renaissance of stuff like Body Snatchers, China Girl, uh, New Rose Hotel. Because like I just saw Body Snatchers in a, like a packed house at the New Beverly in Los Angeles last year. Well, and it yeah, we, killed. Hey. Yeah, it, it was it was like a, a fantastic audience to watch that with. Everyone just ate that shit up, you know? Yeah, right. It was... Um... You know, we had this story, Jack Finney, I mean, the, the original short Sir Lake New Rose Hotel, based on uh, really powerful material, you know, original material. It's like kind of a great, great piece. And, um, you know, you had the CinemaScope and the whole, you know, we had every, it all going on. That was a big studio movie. You know, we had like a big budget to kind of, you know, Boyan, we really had a chance to like visually take it to you know our limit down yeah uh, that's something else I wanted to ask you about visually as well too because like all your movies are so distinct from one another while still like having your voice so like I think of like a uh, Tommaso which is like use a lot of anamorphic lensing on that versus Padre Pio which is uh unless I'm mistaken like more spherical lenses right like how do you find that look for each specific film because again they all really stand out from one another you know we the dp is you know we, we you know i've had i've been you know very fortunate you know to work with some really spectacular guys you know and um zeitlinger with tomaso you know that's that's herzog's guy you know he brings a very um you know, he bring, you know, he brings a look, man, you know, and, 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 and we bring a look by, you know, what what we're shooting and where we're shooting it. You know, so the choices of the places and and what time and the lighting and, you know, when you're connected to the DP and, you know, and Alessandro, um, he shot Napoli, Napoli, Napoli with me. He's also in that same school, you know, and it was, you know, for Padre Pio, it was, we went without the electric lights, you know, and, and it, it, you know, we wanted to stay very true to the, to the period in terms of, you know, um, you know, how, how, you know, how do people see things in 1919, you know, because there's no electricity in that town, at least. Yeah, no, thank you for that. Um, I guess I, I want to go back to the, I realize I didn't really hammer away the first uh, question, but like, is there something you wish people were more curious about in regards to your work? You know, like, is there a question you haven't really been asked? And you're like, I wish someone asked about this or that. No, I get asked about everything. <laughs> I, mean, I'm I don't, you know. No, I, I, there's nothing specific that I'm like, you know, hung up about that I'm waiting to express. 
Well, I think that's part of the reason why so many people are drawn to you and your works. You seem like you're a guy who's very passionate, obviously, but you're not overly sentimental, you know, like work is work, right? Um, so you don't have like your 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 Jekyll and Hyde idea that you still want to do. Or uh, I think there was like conversations a while back about a King of New York prequel or sequel. Like you're not very sentimental about those. You know, at the moment, at the time we were going to do it, I was we were passionate about it. It didn't happen for a lot of reasons. You know, a lot of them stemmed from where I was coming from at the time. You know, it was a film that could happen. The script was good, but with these movies. There's always the moment for these for a movie to happen. When that moment is gone, you just got to move on. You know. You know. I mean, you get your heart broken, and you you know you get back up and keep going. You know. You don't look back. If. Do you think that's that sort of attitude that comes with just time, or is it like a like a, a new belief system you just have, like? How do you think he got to that point? Yeah, well, I think, you know, that. the experience too, you know, you go through it, you know, in the beginning, you're, you know, every day, you can't wait a weekend. You can't wait, you know, I've waited 18 years for movies to get made, you know, and I've done movies that we started the next day, you know. So I, 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 I know each one of the, you know, they all are going to happen at, the, at their own pace, you know, there's only so much I can control, you know. Yeah, uh, you know, that actually brings up a, a good point that I wanted to talk about, too. Like, you know, you've been making films for a while now. Like, are there any differences that, that you've noticed in the decades over time? Like, what's changed the most about trying to get a movie made now versus when you started, you know? Because you've always kind of had this kind of like guerrilla filmmaking style, at least in my eyes. Yeah, I mean, we come from an independent place. We, you know, we have Final Cut. We make the movie. You know, we um, we're not making any promises on this. It hasn't changed for me at all. You know, you have to express your idea to somebody who's going to give you money. Okay, no matter what that idea is or how much money it is. You know, unless you're financing yourself, which I haven't gotten to the point of doing that okay and even then you probably have to convince yourself so you know you got to have something that's going to do that could be a three-page synopsis it could be a 50-page script it could be a beautiful written nikki st john script you know literary masterpiece it could be just a, a crazy idea you know and you have to have somebody that believes in it and you got to have the people who are going to be in the room and the people are going to shoot the movie. And they got to be in on it, too. You know? And, and then, because it's a team, it's a group effort, you know? Yeah, yeah. I guess the last question I'll leave you with before I let you go. When people look back at your work, the entirety of your filmography, is there anything you want them to say or take away from having watched all these separate productions. Watch every one of my movies from the beginning to end. I mean, it was... <laughs> Maybe not, not in the marathon, you know, just in general. You know, I mean, there's so many people in so many places that watch movies under, you know, the craziest circumstances. Like, you know what I mean? You're seeing a movie, Body Snatchers, that's what? That's 25, 30 years old in, in a crazy movie theater in West L.A. 
you know what I mean? With a crazy audience that would actually go to see that movie under the, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And I remember Body Snatchers when it, that was one of the few films, that's the only film of ours that was in competition at camp. Okay, and I remember that night, which was a whole different experience. And somebody could be sitting in an igloo in the fucking North Pole and streaming the fucking thing. You think, or somebody could see it a hundred years from now, or whatever, you know. So, you know, it's not what I expect from them. I just hope people watch things, you know, with an open mind and just come into it, you know, and feel it, you know, without an expectation of what a film is supposed to be, you know, because a film could, you know, the possibility is infinite. You know, once the you sit down, the lights go down. Anything can come up, man. You know, you gotta be ready for anything. No, thank you. That's a terrific answer. I can't imagine a better one to leave off on. Uh, <laughs> okay, thank you. <laughs> yeah, you know they say never meet your heroes, but um, it well, here worked I am. out pretty well. No, thank you very yeah. much, uh, Padre yeah. Pio, playing everywhere, June second. All uh, right, yeah, you know the deal, right? June second, everywhere. Yeah. Please. Yeah. Thank you very much for your time. Appreciate it. Appreciate the answer, bro.